This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Hello and welcome to Ask the Squiz, our special edition podcast to help squizzers with their burning questions about the referendum on the Indigenous voice to Parliament. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. Ask the Squiz, Claire, this is our last stab at it before referendum day. Yeah, didn't that go quickly? So so quickly. (laughs) So today we're going to bring it back to some of the bigger questions around the vote and the proposition and how the campaign has gone down. Yep, and I'm going to do a bit of an update on how the campaign has gone on social media, a bit of the spending there, something we looked at previously, and then we're going to finish up with some info about the count. So let's get into it. All right, our first question this week comes from Kathy. She's got a big question that I think is probably one of the biggest of the campaign. Why don't we have details about how the voice will work? We have answered this in many <laughs> different ways over the last six weeks, but let's really nail it from the top because Kathy's right. It's been a big lingering question over this referendum, not just during the campaign either, but well before that. And the Albanese government and Indigenous leaders decided at the start of this whole process that the precise details would be worked out after the referendum. Uh, You would have heard Prime Minister Anthony Albanese give the specific example to justify that approach. He says that when the constitution was written, that there would be a high court. It wasn't up to a campaign to justify that. It was down to the parliament to legislate for it, for things like how many high court judges there would be and how it would work. Yeah, and another example I've heard repeated by both leading Yes campaigner Noel Pearson and Minister Linda Burney is that the referendum is like asking Australians if they want to harbour bridge. They say yes, it's then up to Parliament to decide after that how many lanes should be built on that bridge. Yeah, we've heard that a few times. Mm. And the thinking behind this approach from the Yes campaign anyway is that they didn't want to get bogged down into the weeds. They didn't want the whole idea, this big idea, the notional of constitutionally enshrined Indigenous representation to be bogged down in little micro debates about mm. exactly how it would work. Albanese says that it's just good manners to do this and it's the right thing to do. But what the polling is telling us is that the longer the campaign has gone on, the more people are citing this lack of details as an issue. And where there's an absence of information, the vacuum is often filled and certainly has been in this case by alternative theories and questions, particularly from the no side. Yeah. And one of the really interesting features of this campaign, and we've talked often about the Karma Langton report, it's a big document. It has a lot of detail on how the voice could work. And even though Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has often referred to it, he tells people there's loads of information out there about the voice, but he hasn't committed to using that model. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And that really is the rub of it. So Mm. it means that there's lots of questions uh, that people are even asking us how many members there would be, how they would be appointed, what specific powers the voice will have. They've largely gone unanswered. And we'll see how that lands on Saturday night. As you said last week, Claire, though, the post-referendum analysis on how big this was as a factor in the result is going to be pretty fascinating. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all those post-mortems. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah. 
The second topic this week is about funding. We had a few people write in about some of the analysis we did on campaign spending way back at the beginning. It was actually in a Saturday Squiz podcast episode. So we're going to regroup on that. So interested (laughs) in this. So Larissa, the floor is yours. So what we're going to do is take a look at spend on social platforms. A quick refresher, advertising on the referendum is subject to the same rules as election advertising. So ads that are run need to have an authorization message. They can be fact-checked and removed if false. And that's all about promoting transparency. So that's on Meta, right? So we're talking about Facebook and Instagram. Yep. On Meta, um, on Snapchat too, and Google as well. They also have all of these rules around transparency. For reference, TikTok doesn't allow spending on political messages. So anything you're seeing, if you're in on your TikTok account, anything there is just native content. But Meta and Google have these ad libraries and you can see everything that's being run, where it's being targeted, how much is being spent. It's all pretty interesting. When we were looking at this in the early days of the campaign, the Yes 23 group had spent around 780k. Advance Australia, who fund no ads, had spent around 49K. It's a big difference. Big difference. And what I wanted to look at is if that split has remained true, mm. and it really has. The Yes campaign has far, far outspent the No campaign. Yes 23 is at about 1.6 million spend in the last 90 days, and Advance Australia is sitting at around 80. Yeah, okay. That's a big difference. And obviously in the polls, you know, when you look at the warnings about the polls, let's just see how they actually pan out. Mm -hmm. But one big poll has the no vote at 53%, yes at 38% and 9% undecided. So we're getting to the really pointy end and voting's only a few days away. I'm assuming that we'll probably see a bit more activity in that campaign spend from the yes case. Yeah, what we're seeing at the moment even in the spends in the last seven days is that it's definitely the yes 23 Mm. who are trying to hit those undecideds. These numbers will change, but over the last seven days, they've spent 286,000 across 1,700 different ads. Advance have spent about 37,000 on their ads. That's on Meta. On Google, there's a group called Australians for Indigenous Constitutional Recognition. They've spent around $421,000 and Advance have spent nothing. Hmm. So yeah, you can really see who's out there spending and who uh, wants to hit those undecided voters. There is another big spender, Claire. Yeah, who's that? The AEC. <laughs> they, the Electoral Commission. They've spent around $500,000 in the last seven days alone on Meta and Google. I'd imagine they have to get out and about because we don't do referendums very often and they got, remember, criticised in the early days about ticks and crosses Mm -hmm. and there was a fair bit of information, I'm assuming, to get to voters about exactly how it was going to work. Yeah, they really want people to know how to do it Mm. and how to do it properly. And Claire, there is one other big spender expected to hit uh, hit the airwaves and everything over the next couple of days. Yeah, so we've had questions during this Ask the Squiz exercise about exactly who the individuals are who mm. are spending. And Larissa, you're telling me, I'm seeing this <laughs> today, Clive Palmer is expected to blitz about $2 million of advertising in this last week. Yeah, 2 million bucks. I haven't yet seen a giant yellow billboard. I'm assuming they're yellow. That's Clive Palmer's (laughs) colour. It's very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But look, there's obviously heaps more advertising out there on TV, on bus stops. I can see it everywhere. But having a look on the social channels is just a good little snapshot of the money we can see being spent. Before we move on from the money, Claire, lots of big corporations have taken a stance on The Voice, majority on the yes side. Yeah, so 
when you look at that, BHP, Rio Tinto, Wes Farmers, they've publicly pledged millions of dollars to the Yes campaign. The big four banks have also donated around $7 million. Qantas has given sort of in-kind contributions, so they've had the Yes logo on their planes. They've also helped out the Yes campaigners with their travel. Uh, while the polls have the No case well in front, as we just talked about, uh, a very prominent donor to the No campaign is businessman Simon Fenwick. He reckons that corporate Australia has really misread the mood of the nation. Again, to that post-mortem, it's going to be fascinating to see as we sort of sift through all of that exactly whether their customers or consumers have a view about the way those companies have spent. Yeah, at the end of the day, they are publicly listed companies. If the no vote does get up, it could show a big gap between corporate boardrooms and the mood of Australia. But... We will see it all in the postmortems to come. Yeah, good point because we've got AGMs coming up too. So yeah. those annual general meetings where shareholders get to tell companies what they think about what they've done over the last 12 months. So that could come through in the news too. We will wait and see. Jennifer has a good question for us to end up on, I think, and that's about how the votes are counted. Love a nuts and bolts question. She asked, if we could explain how the votes of the Northern Territory and the ACT are counted for in the referendum, she knows that it differs, but she can't understand how. So, Claire, I reckon that's a good invitation to get your nerd (laughs) hat on and explain the double majority. Yeah, so it's going to be talked about quite a bit, particularly on the Saturday, and poor old Northern Territory and the ACT. So (laughs) referendums are one of those times where they're votes don't count as much Mm. as the states and they can thank our founding fathers and mothers if there were mothers, I'm sure there were, (laughs) uh, for the constitution for that because it's actually written into the constitution. This is section 128. Uh, If you're interested, you want to dive into that. Um, It really does take on that flavour because that's the way it was set up. Yeah, that's what it takes to actually change the document. So the ACT and the Northern Territory, the territories, they're not states. Their votes only count towards the total national vote. So if you think about every vote that gets cast around the country, they all get put into a giant yes pile yep. or no pile. For a referendum to succeed, there must be a national majority in the yes pile and voters in Canberra and the Northern Territory, their votes only count towards that national vote. Yep. And that's just the first part of the equation about what it takes to get a referendum across the line. The constitution sets out the second thing that you need to do, which is to get a majority of states voting yes. Uh, we've got six states, New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia and Tassie. Mm -hmm. Um, So the four of the six have to come in line with a yes case for the constitution to be changed as well as that national majority. Yeah, it is not a thing done lightly. But if you think about it, if you live in a state, your vote kind of counts twice. So once to the individual result in your state plus the national majority. But if you're in the ACT or the Northern Territory, Jennifer, your vote only counts to the national majority. Yeah, and just feel a bit ripped off if you're a Territorian (laughs) from the Northern Territory or the ACT, Um, but that's just the way it works. And we also know what it takes to change it, so... It's a lot, It's a lot. All right, that is us done for Ask the Squiz. A huge thank you for all the questions that have come in. Yeah, so six Ask the Squiz. Mm -hmm. That just went very, very quickly. Uh, How we're going to go next week is that we will wrap all of this up with a shortcut on the result and what was said after that whether it's yes, whether it's no, exactly all the flavour that's coming through from the coverage. So we'll wrap all that up next week in Squiz Shortcuts. It'll be our own little bit of post-mortem analysis. I know I have learned a ton and we are 
obviously mm. at the very pointy end. We head to the polls on Saturday. Please make sure to visit our resource centre if you want to cover anything off, see any of the other questions and answers we've had. They're all in written format. They're in podcast format. There's information on the yes and no cases. There's shortcuts on the Uluru Statement from the Heart. As with everything we do, opinion-free, agenda-free, just about getting the information out there. So check out our resource hub at thesquiz.com.au forward slash voice referendum. It is also in your episode notes. Thanks so much for listening. It's been fun. And thanks, Larissa, for coming along this Ask the Squiz journey with us. It's been a blast. Love doing <laughs> these podcasts. All right. We'll be back, as we said, next week in with a Squiz shortcut to wrap it all up. <laughs>